Welcome to episode number 13 on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast features interviews with leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs who tell us their story and the life lessons they've learned along the way. Hi, my name's Conrad Weaver, and I'm your host for the show. I'm a filmmaker, entrepreneur, storyteller, and if you've ever thought about quitting your day job and doing something you're really passionate about instead, today's show is just for you. That's exactly what Paul Xavier did. After spending four years working in a government job, he decided to go on his own and do something he was passionate about. Today on the show, we'll hear all about his journey to being self-employed, starting a business, and the joys and sorrows of all that, and we're going to learn why he made that decision. But first, a message from our sponsor for today's show. Furnace Hills Coffee Company roasts amazing coffee. They have a great story, too. I'll have to tell you, once you drink a cup of coffee from Furnace Hills, I promise you'll never want coffee from the big-name brands again. Why? Their beans are sourced directly from great farmers, and... It's roasted fresh. You order it today and you'll get coffee beans that have been roasted this week, maybe even the same day that it's shipped to your door. The other cool thing about Furnace Hills Coffee Company that I love is their mission is to employ people with developmental disabilities. Their chief roaster is Erin. She has Down syndrome and even has a coffee blend named after her. And just for the My Story podcast listeners, when you order from FurnaceHillsCoffee.com, use the coupon code MYSTORY, all one word, and get 25% off your order. Check it out. It's special coffee roasted by special people. FurnaceHillsCoffee.com. And now here's my interview with Paul Xavier. Today on the show, I have Paul Xavier with Next Level Creators, and he's going to explain to us what that is. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Paul, what is Next Level Creators? Uh, So, Next Level Creators is a step-by-step implementation program where we help filmmakers, creative entrepreneurs, video creators, pretty much anyone who's passionate about making a living by making videos to do just that. But we do it with a focus that's very different from traditional education. Instead of focusing on perfecting your skills with the camera, we teach you how to perfect your skills in business, marketing, sales, operations, all of that. So that way you can actually find success as quickly as possible uh, with your skill set that you you have when it comes to creating videos and using your camera. Man, where were you 10 years ago when I was starting out? Uh, I was... (laughs) I was probably drinking Mountain Dew and playing video games. <laughs> so how did you get to where you are? What's, what's your journey? I mean, where'd you grow up and what path did you take to get to where you are? So I am from Maryland, uh, in between Baltimore and Annapolis, Maryland, if uh, your listeners are aware of that area here. And I grew up basically, I mean, quick story. My dad is a mailman, has been no entrepreneurship blood in my family. My mother is, I would call her more a hippie than anything. (laughs) And uh, I had a great life. My parents were divorced. I've got two brothers, but um, that was normal for me growing up, Mm -hmm. uh, as it is for everyone who has it happen. And in terms of 
schooling and things like that, I always found that tr- the traditional education system wasn't exciting to me. Mm. I was a EDC minus student. Um, I did play some sports. I was quite competitive, but for the most part, I was more on the introverted or shy scale. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until I uh, actually got out of high school and decided not to go to college, not to pursue a degree, and got a nine to five job that I realized how awful the <laughs> traditional uh, employment system and sort of career trajectory is mm-hmm. for someone with a nine to five job. Right. And I was working for the government where they had a saying, essentially you, you'd walk into work every day and they would, they would ask you, how many days do you have left? And it was what? how many days you have left until you retire. Oh my goodness. So man, just from day one, you were thinking about your retirement date. Because that's when you got freedom. So wow, it was very... It was not a conducive environment for passion, for excitement, for loving what you do, for being rewarded for what you do. It was the opposite of that. And, and would you would you call yourself a creative? Are you a? I wouldn't have at that point in time. At that point in okay. time, I was a guy with a job, okay. and honestly, I was making more money than really anyone else in my family. I was making like forty thousand dollars a year at the time. I come from a, a, a sort of a lower income family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was looked at as the success in the family. Mm-hmm. Then my cousin actually got engaged and there was a wedding that I went to and uh, her fiance, w- the person who was throwing the wedding, their house, when I went there, I'd never been around rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to their house and they had a statue that cost more than my salary. Wow. <laughs> they, they had their guest house was bigger that I was staying in was bigger than our house. Hmm. And they had a chef and just all these assistants. They had two yachts with two full-time captains that we could take out, um, for this wedding. And I was like, oh, what is, what is this lifestyle? <laughs> right. Because I'd never known that I'd never seen it before. Right. And it was at that moment in time that I realized that a lot of things that I believed about life and myself were wrong Hmm. and that there had to be something different because there was no way that these people could have all of those things, no way that these people could uh, live a lifestyle that completely different unless they believe something very different from what I believed. Hmm. Wow. You know, that's something that uh, I I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday who's uh, he's a consultant and he's a, he's a coach, a life coach. And we were talking about mindset and so, you know, you only know what you know. Very true. Right? You know, so you grow up in, like I grew up in a, in a in poor family and that's all I knew. And so unless you learn a different way and train your brain to think a different way, you're going to still think the, the same way. So, that, so that's kind of what you were doing, right? You were brought up in the family. This is what you knew. You go to work, you do your nine to five and count down days for retirement, right? Precisely. Yeah. And you just, you do your best to work hard and that was it. You'll get paid what you get paid at your job. And, and so what did you, I mean, how did you make that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to carve something on my own. I mean, that was a huge risk, right? Yeah. Well, the, the CEO at the company I was working for at the time, I worked there for about five years. He's a, a close friend, a, still one of my greatest friends to this day. Um, he became my first ever business mentor. 
and his name's John Kovac. John was the CEO of the company I was working for. He sold the company and was essentially going into early retirement. Hmm. And again, he he had lived a lifestyle very different from what I was accustomed to and had ever sure. been around. And uh, so getting to learn how he thought, uh, getting to see how much how he used money to make him more money, how he leveraged other people's time to grow himself and in doing so create value for others. Um, I learned a lot of lessons from him. And when he decided to sell the company, I knew I had to leave. I knew I didn't want to be there working and doing the same thing for the next 10 years, hoping to make six figures one day. Um, So I quit and I decided, you know what, I can make it as a full-time, what I just considered was a creative. I would do photography. I'd do, I'd shoot videos. I'd shoot any type of video I could get. I'd shoot any, I'd create a website because I had some technical skills. Mm-hmm. And um, had you done any of that before, like like photography and video? Not professionally, no. Mm-hmm. I'd only ever done it sort of for fun. And mm-hmm. I just decided, you know what? I've, uh, I can go and help people with this though and start charging money for it. And in doing that, I immediately became a struggling artist as well, <laughs> right? It's that myth that, oh, you quit and you're successful. That did not happen right. at all. I went straight into debt. $12,000 in debt was kind of the, the, the I mean, point. Especially in this area because it's, it's very competitive. I mean, it's a huge market here with lots of people doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And so what I noticed, and this is probably a really a golden tip for anyone who's listening, is – if you're just offering video or you're just offering websites or photography for business owners, they're not looking at your photography, video, or website as the full solution to their problem. Hmm. They're looking for a way to leverage those things to grow their company. And I learned that in a really interesting way. I sold a client a website and a video for some $5,000. I was so happy and proud of myself. Then they told me how much they were paying the marketing company, which was $5,000 a month wow. to distribute the, we- the website video I produced. And my, my jaw just dropped to the floor. Wow. So what did you do? I decided I was in the wrong business. <laughs> I decided I was going to learn how to not just create the assets they needed, but also distribute them for them. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that was smart. So, so without any like formal training in all this, you just kind of figured it out. Again, this is where I heavily, heavily over the years have learned the power of mentorship. John was my first mentor who really believed in me and said, "If you want to have a better life, having a nine to five job is not the way to do it. You need to become entrepreneurial, you need to become resourceful, and quitting your job is the only way you're going to do that." So I did that. I failed really hard. I got into debt. And um, then he told me and taught me more about packaging. And I was offering video. I was, I was starting to climb up that ladder because I started at $500, 1000 mm-hmm. And I climbed it up to 5000 right? Um, mm-hmm. But still, I wasn't bringing in enough. And it was very feast or famine, feast or famine. Mm-hmm. That's when um, I decided I need to figure out how to do this distribution thing after watching my well, – I was a jewelry appraiser pay that marketing company – and I hired uh, hired another mentor who could teach me how to run Facebook ads. Hmm. 
Wow. So the mentorship thing was the key for you to your success. It has been time and time again. And it's interesting because I never really summed it up that way. But every time I run into a really big challenge on something that I don't know how to do, uh, there's really two things you can do. You can try to figure it out on your own, which I've done that plenty of times, right? Simple things. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's a really big thing, really important thing, I have found that finding someone who is the best of the best at what they do um, and just hiring them to tell you what's working right here, right now in uh, different industries or different markets, it's worth its weight in gold because it just saves me so much time. Boy, that is so that is so good. I mean, that's that's valuable information for anyone starting out. I mean, to find that person, to find that expert who's been there, done that, done all the hard work, and that can teach you. Yeah. Not that it's not not going to be you know not going to be easy. I mean, it, that's I mean, it's not going to be it's just a just a you know walk in the park. It's going to be hard work. But if you have someone who can guide you like that, wow, that's that's huge. I mean, that's something that I wished I would have had. And I, I, I guess in a way I did have some of that in my early years starting out. I mean, I'm, I'm a video producer and have had some some people who've guided me along the way. But uh, yeah, that, that's huge. And there's a great quote by Charlie Munger about uh, – and Charlie Munger, he is Warren Buffett's business partner at Berkshire Hathaway for those uh, – who, who are unaware and they're billionaires. So that's a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. You want to emulate people who are successful. Yep. And um, he talks about how it's, it, if he could, he, w- he would want to know where he was going to die so he could mm-hmm. never go there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you, and the beauty of that quote is it's oftentimes more valuable to know where you would make a mistake that you don't know you're going to make before you go into it. So you can avoid it altogether, right? Then it is to know exactly what's working because then you can avoid the costly mistakes. You can avoid the, I mean, for example, a lot of video producers, they don't realize when they're offering commercial commercials to clients that it's only a part of the solution for the client. Right. And then they're stuck working project to project for years. And sometimes it takes them 10 years to get their hourly rate up to the place where they can make a living off of it and support their family. Right. Whereas you can shortcut that dramatically by learning how to either run one, run content retainers where you're creating content on an ongoing basis Mm -hmm. or create commercial campaigns and run video plus distribution for clients. Saves you so how long did it amount. take you then to go from, you know, producing some, you know, $500,000, $5,000 videos to providing a service, a, a, a you know, complete service for your clients? How long did that take? What was the process there? After I hired the mentor for Facebook ads, it was un- until I got things to where they are, where they were actually successful for me, it was about two years. And that was two years of learning not necessarily how to do things, but two, uh, it, one to two years of me putting the pieces together of what I now do. Before, I had looked at it and I, I built up this business. I was doing one-off projects. I was making a, an okay income. Then I went and learned Facebook ads, but I didn't know how to sell it. Mm-hmm. So for months, I sat there with this new skill set and 
I knew how to create videos. They weren't the most beautiful or the best in the world, but mm-hmm. I, I was proud of them. My clients enjoyed them. So that was good enough. Um, I knew how to create websites, but the thing is, and I knew how to run Facebook ads now because I'd invested in it, but you can know, you can have all the skills in the world, but if you don't have any clients, <laughs> you're not creating any value for people with your skill set. So I had to, again, I, I came to another challenge, which was how do I actually go out there and market myself? How do I get people into meetings? And then how do I get people to say yes to this mm. thing that I'm putting together? And it was just over and over, I would find a challenge, kind of look for a mentor, hire them, and then fix that challenge. And then. So, how did you find your mentors? That's a great question. And in terms of finding them, it, it all came down to I was looking always on the horizon, always looking. I still am to this day for people who are at that next level, who are willing to turn around and, and sort of give back in regards to what they know works in a specific domain. There's a lot of people who can teach you sales, but there's very Mm -hmm. few people who can teach you how to sell video plus distribution, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that almost no one's even doing. So I didn't didn't learn how to do that exact thing. I I had to learn sales from someone who was basically selling auto auto dealership cars, things like that. He's the Mm -hmm. one who helped me craft my sales training and hired to help me do that Mm -hmm. because he was good at selling cars. And so it's just a constant process of looking for someone who has a proven sort of formula or system in one area and then meshing it to what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. And then Did you find these folks and you just say, hey, I'll pay you X amount of dollars to spend you know, a day or two with me and teach me? Or how so- did that work? Sometimes it's that way. Other times it is they'll they'll be a coach or a consultant and they'll have a program or something like that that will work right. and I'll go from it from that perspective. Right. In doing what you do now, so now you are that person who trains people to to take their videos and put together these these programs and to sell them to their clients. And you're kind of now that trainer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we do a lot of training. Right now, my business is really a mixture between two things. We run five commercial campaigns for five clients. And those are, uh, we can't, we're not taking on any more commercial campaign clients. We we found a sweet spot Hmm. where it's kind of interesting. I learned it from reading a couple books about communication is if you have too many clients, your full-time job is just communicating with your clients. You're not even doing anything anymore because hmm. you just have too many people to communicate with. So five clients is a really beautiful spot for a small team like ours where we can ha- not have too much communication, do great work for them. They're happy, and it, it provides an incredible income for my wife and I. Hmm. And uh, then the rest of our time we spend teaching others how to build their own companies running commercial campaigns and we do that through next level creators and uh that's really it for now in terms of our offers wow so um what would you do differently if you had a do-over if i had a do-over i mean you're sitting there in the you know your nine to five and looking out at the world and seeing it pass by and you you could do something different would, would you do something different than what you're doing now. Sure. 
if I could do anything different, it really it really is interesting because I don't know if there's something that I could have done differently uh, because I wasn't at the point where I understood what I was capable of. I think all of us innately have infinite potential. We can all be incredibly successful. We all have the ability to learn the skills necessary to get to the next level. But not all of us even know what the next level looks like. Not all of us know or are motivated to get to that next level just yet. And for me, things happened in such a way where when I was at the nine to five job, I was discontent with my life, but I didn't know anything better until I went to that wedding. When I got back from that wedding and realized that, hey, these guys have what they have because they're entrepreneurs and they didn't even get a degree. They didn't have a degree. They had none of it. They just literally built a business from scratch. That right there was my aha moment that told me I can do something different. And that gave me the the emphasis to leave. So I guess if anything, I would say the one thing I would do different knowing what I know now is I would have changed my environment radically a lot sooner. So what do you mean by environment? Us as human beings, we're very much programmed by our environments, our surrounding area. You know, when we wake up, it's it's an interesting thing. If you if you in your environment, like your your home, if you have junk food, you're going to eat junk food because it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's like one of those mm-hmm. things. If you want to start losing weight, the easiest way to do it is to get all the bad food out of the house and move your gym to the center of your house, so that way you know you're going to work out. Um, <laughs> if you want to make more money, then the, sometimes the best thing to do is to remove yourself from your current friend group, remove yourself from where you're living and go to a place where people are more affluent, more wealthy, where they have different types of conversations. And for a lot of people, that's a really nervous thing. It's a really Mm -hmm. scary thing. But at the end of the day, our environments dictate so much of our behavior as human beings. And if we don't change our behaviors, there's no way we can expect our results to change. You know, it's like I've I told my kids growing up, and they're both out of the house now. But I've I told them, you know, you are who you hang with. If if you show me your friends, I'll show I'll tell you who you are. And it's the same way in in this. I mean, if I just put people around me who you know have been mediocre in their life and don't really have any aspirations to do anything, I'm going to be the same way. But if I surround myself with winners and with successful people and put myself in that environment, then the chances that I'll be successful are much greater. That's very true. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that statement and your peer group, the people you spend your time with are a part of your environment. So again, that's going back to what are the things within your uh, level of control and I would, have, I would have also done a deep dive. You know, I probably would have dropped out of high school, to be honest. I, would have, I wouldn't have gone. I don't think that the education I got in those places has there, – there's a huge difference between forced education based in fear and standardized testing and failing hmm. and an education based on passion. And right. I'm a huge believer that if you're passionate about something, that's, that's the beginning – or maybe not even passionate, but just curious. Um, you know, a lot of people 
especially younger kids, if that's who, who's listening today, if you don't know what you're passionate about, but you're some, semi-curious and you're kind of interested, you think, oh, making videos for a living, that does sound fun. Or you think, oh, being a painter, you know, that does sound fun. That You have a far better shot at making a living doing something you love than you do mm-hmm. making a great living doing something you hate. Right. And that, and, and the quality of life is going to be a whole lot you know, different too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reason that so few people tell you that is because most people don't do it. Right. And so they say, Oh, yeah. it's so hard, but none of them have experience in actually pursuing that. So why mm-hmm. in the hell are you listening to them? Yeah. You know, a couple of months, couple, well, actually last year I was talking to a friend or, or more of an acquaintance that I met and he was asking me what I do. And I said, well, I'm a documentary filmmaker and I get to travel and tell stories. And, and he was like, wow. He's like, man, I had, you know, I had thoughts of, you know, doing those kind of things too. But, you know, I opted, you know, 25 years ago for a government job and a secure paycheck and, and a pension and life's been just kind of okay. And I'm like, that's got to suck. You know, if you had aspirations to do something big and you just decided to uh, play it safe, I guess I'm I'm not wired that way. So yeah, ask yourself the question, everyone, anyone who's listening to this now, wherever you are, if you're driving, don't do this. If you're not, if you're in a safe place, close your eyes (laughs) and ask yourself if you look back at your life when you're old and if you make it to the point where you're on your deathbed, what would you have had to do? for you to say, wow, that was amazing. Exactly. I read something, I think it was yesterday, where someone did this thing where they decided that they they wrote down what they would do if they only had three days left, what they would do in their life if they if they know they are or, or no it was three years if they only had three years of their life left if they knew for certain that they only had three years to live what would you do and he said it really revolutionized what he did right now you know he changed everything yeah because he said you know i still have 30 years left so why not do those things now and create a future that is amazing yeah all of us, so. all of us are, I mean, most of us probably are under, under a hundred years left. What is that in reality? I mean, time yeah. flies. Time goes by really, oh really quickly. You can, I, I spent four years working for the government and looking back on it, it feels like it was a blink. It mm. feels like it was nothing. I don't have very many stories from that time that I enjoy talking about. However, mm-hmm. these past five years, just it's been the hardest five years of my life the best five years of my life so far i Mm. love the hard work it's a part of the journey and um if you don't love what you do if you don't have a reason to sacrifice your time to do the thing that you love um or something that you think you would love and that you're curious about uh you're really going to struggle in your business, what are some of the key takeaways you've learned while navigating a completely new life? Key takeaway number one is the person who delivers the most value wins in the end. You know, if you mm-hmm. look at your offering, what you're doing, 
no matter what it is, if you're creating movies, create the most engaging, entertaining, funny movie. Create the best work of art that makes people say, wow. Create something in terms of a business result. Get your client the highest return on investment with your commercial campaign. If you're trying to create computer, computers, beat Apple. Create the best computer or, or Microsoft, right? The person who creates the most value, whether that is in the lives of many people at the lower end of the spectrum, so working with lots of people for a very cheap amount, or working with a few people, but delivering the most value to those few people and being the premium in the marketplace, those are the individuals who win the day. That is awesome. What are some of the, some key things, young entrepreneurs or people coming out of college or high school, what should they do to set themselves up for success? The number one business skill set, the number one skill you need to learn to be successful, I would say, is really sales. Sales is such a key thing in our lives, whether you are, I mean, sales comes from how do you sell your wife on going to this restaurant instead of the one she wants to go to? You know, it's how do you get your prospect to truly understand the value that you're bringing to their life and what's going to happen to them if they don't invest to work with you or buy your product, right? That's the key here. So really mastering sales and um, that, that takeaway has, has helped so many people, um, It'll do wonders for you if you really invest the time to learn it for yourself. That's great. What should what should they not do? What should I not do so that the that things that could maybe hinder my success? The, the the thing I would say not to do is, especially if you're young, don't think you're as smart as you think you do. <laughs> we all think we're incredibly smart. Right, it's just that uh, other people aren't as smart as me in this thing, or I've studied this, and so my parents—I don't think they've studied it. I don't know it, but they don't. So you you have this inclination. There's this voice in your head that's talking to you all day long. You think it's always right. It's not. Okay. There's a lot of things you don't know. You don't know, and because of that, the best way to become really smart is to ask for feedback. Ask for help and be shameless when you ask for help. I don't know if this is right. What do you think? I'm trying to help here. I'm trying to make people's lives better by doing this. So can you help me? Can you give me some feedback on what I'm doing? Boy, that is so that is so important. I, I you know, I I ask my clients when I produce a video for them, I always ask them for feedback. It's like you need to tell me what you hate, tell me what you like, tell me what you hate, so that I can create a better product. For, for you. And, and I think getting feedback and, and asking for help is so vital. Just last night, I was at a, at an event where this guy was speaking as people in recovery, you know, drug and alcohol recovery. And he was like, if you, if, if you're in a place where you want to get better, you got to raise your hand and ask for help and not be afraid to do that. And I think that's the same thing in business. Um, you know, raise your hand and ask for help. There's people that will be willing to help. Hmm. So no matter what you're doing. Uh, so what are some of the books, podcasts, people that have most influenced you? Well, the uh, I, I'm a 
avid i by the way i never used to read as a kid i <laughs> didn't pick up a book i think i read cliff notes for every single book throughout high school um <laughs> you sound like my son <laughs> and uh yeah it's smart it's a shortcut guys do it in high school do it it's worth it then beyond that i would say um as soon as i became passionate about what i was learning i picked up anything but it's not what book matters it's why you should read a book so Read a book that has the potential to help you with a challenge that you are currently facing. If you want to learn how to make more money, you know, if you want to learn how to uh, become better at a skill, pick up a book about that. And that's the best advice I can get. It's going to help you the most throughout the rest of your life. In terms of people who have inspired me, there are countless people who have inspired me to not be like them are my old high school friends who still do nothing but drink all day. I'm inspired not mm. to be like that. Uh, people who have inspired me in positive ways are entrepreneurs and business owners who I had to fight tooth and nail with to uh, try to be around and to communicate with and to talk to and become a friend in their social circle. Many, many people. Uh, John Kovac, again, just a greatest friend uh, and business mentor still to this day. Uh, he's been the the biggest influence for sure since I was a uh, uh, a young runt, and and you're still pretty young, right? Uh, I would say I am. Uh, others others would say I am. So yes, <laughs> very cool. So what's the next big thing for you? Right now, we are working on a very big project. It is a a bit closed doors right now. I can't release what sure. it is just yet, but our goal is to uh, essentially revolutionize the way. This year, within the next 12 months, um, that over 2,000 video production experts are uh, growing their companies and doing it in a predictable, consistent manner. So uh, we've got a big awesome. thing we're going to be unveiling this month on our, our mission on how we're going to do that. Very cool. So where can people get in touch with you or can you read any more about you? So you can head over to my website at mrpaulxavier.com. So that's M-R-Paulxavier, X-A-V-I-E-R.com. Or just type in my name, Paul Xavier, and you'll be able to read all about me. Very cool. Paul, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me on the show today. It's been uh, fun learning more about you and about what you do. And and thanks for your insights into uh, getting out of the nine to five job. Happy to help. Happy to share. Thanks, Paul, for spending time with me on the program today. And for all of you listeners, I hope you are doing what you're passionate about. Life is short, and we need to do those things that we enjoy and things that make a difference for our families, our communities, and for the world. So if you're in one of those jobs where you may be feeling stuck, maybe it's time to make a change. Maybe it's time to reevaluate what you're doing. And if you decided to do that, let me know. I'd love to hear all about it. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, be sure to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and then share it with your network. We want this show to get out there to as many people as possible. I have a fascinating guest on the show next time. Leland Carlson is the first assistant vice president of the Dull Men's Club. Yep, you heard that right. Boring, dull men except that his life has been anything but dull. His Facebook group has more than 34,000 members. He's been featured in an award-winning documentary film. His story has been featured on TV and radio shows all over the world. I had the privilege of meeting 
Leland a number of years ago in Washington, D.C., and we've stayed in contact ever since, and he was recently in the area, and so we sat down for an interview, and we're going to hear that interview next time on the My Story Podcast. The My Story Podcast is produced by Conjo Studios, an award-winning video production company whose focus is helping you tell your story. Visit conjostudios.com, click on the blue Get a Quote button, and let them know what you need. Then watch your stress melt away as their team does the magic of producing your next video or film project. That's conjostudios.com, telling stories that matter. And if you enjoy the music on today's show, it's from my friend Drew Davidson. You can get all of his music on iTunes or Spotify or at drewdavidson.com. Last, if you have an idea for an interview you'd like to hear, send me a message and I'll see what I can do. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week on the My Story Podcast. Mm-hmm.